Oh there, stranger. Grab yourself a spot by my campfire. Got a fine stew of beans going. Reckon I can share. Only thing I ask in return is your name. And they explained to me what this here alchemy RPG is. Well, that's mighty kind of you. I'm Nelson. Curious you'd ask that. So what do you already know? Well, I got more under my hat than just hair. I know it's one of them virtual tabletop systems with integrated video and voice and a focus on theater of the mind. Well, then you're already on the right track. What you might not have known is that Alchemy RPG is partnered with several mighty fine publishers. Folks such as Hitpoint Press, Nord Games, Griffin Saddlebag, and even Free League Publishing. What's that? You mean the legendary folks behind Morkborg, Humblewood, Spectacular Settlements, and the madman behind the College of Alchemy Bard? Ah, well you know them. And they've made much of their content available right there in the Alchemy Marketplace. Well now, why'd I go and buy something like that from them? When my subscription runs out, won't all that be tied up in their system? Well, no sir. In fact, it's nearly the same as buying that content from any digital marketplace. Yours to own. Only here, it's instantly available for your campaign materials. And of course, if you're the GM, it's free to your players. Well, if that ain't the catch, then it must be the price. Well, there's a free version with plenty of perks. And if you decide you like it, $8 a month or $88 for a whole year. Well, now, don't that cap the climax. Thank you kindly, Nelson. Where do I apply? You can follow the link in the show notes. They'll even give you a 14-day trial of what it looks like to be subscribed. Now, sit tight for a moment while I do my report. Uh, by the way, I didn't catch your name. Name's Archibald. But you can call me Ace. Ace it is. Hey listener, it's me, Zero Time All-Star Trevor May from MCA Media, the ultimate destination for discussions about tech, gaming, content creation, and everything in between. I just wanted to pop in and let you know two very important things. One, you smell incredible today. Two, the May Contain Action Network now has an ever-expanding catalog of great shows the D&D-centric Forgotten Pass, Goblins and Growlers, and Quid Pro Roll, or the phenomenal Fortnite podcast Invaulted, hosted by Squatting Dog. Give them a listen, level up your podcast game, and have some fun. Shows are linked in the show notes. I don't see a release date for Empire Queen. There is yeah, not one yet. There, yes. there one. It just says post-production everywhere. Hey, here's an idea. Why don't we take a few episodes of QPR, stitch them together, and get a really cheap animatic, and then enter it into the Sweden Film Awards? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this actually is that's not thing. a horrible idea. Yeah, I, I feel, that would be really fun. I feel yeah. like there's probably some like absurd like entry cost or something to get into this thing. I probably will find not out. if they're doing it so regularly. I well, will find out and report back. All right. I'll weep into my tablet at how many f stills I'm going to have to draw. Yeah, but you're going to if you were going to win a Swedish award like that's worth. Mm -hmm. It's worth it, says the guy who's not going to have to draw any stills. Zarko hissed at me, so she already made herself known. She literally <laughs> turned around. It was like, that's you're fucking lying. Yeah. <laughs> this is Quid Pro Roll. A fantasy live play adventure where a party of unlikely heroes embark on a quest to bring dragons back to their world. 
Well, howdy, listeners. Welcome to the Daily Crier Listening Show, where all the news and variant and beyond can make its way right to you. Well, just last time, the Demon Lich reveals himself to be none other than Bernard, sophisticated smarty pants of the first party album put together. Coincidentally, also love interest of Astrid, the talking sword. Well, the party eventually gets sent away, so the two death escapees can catch up. But clever and curious Koza ferrets back into the room to have a listen in. And while many questions get answered, a glimmer of possibility catches Astrid, and she asks Solinar to leave his sword behind so that she can spend more time with Bernard. Solinar eventually asks if he could use Astrid's old sword so that he wasn't left disarmed by this. And uh, that catches us up. Hmm. These beans are great. Well, as always, y'all take care now. So, after Solinar relinquished his sword, and all of you get the benefits of a long rest, as Bernard insisted you stay overnight in the tower, you're able to leave out near the town of Blue, which is only a little bit north. At least, hold on, let me check my notes. Looking at my handout, uh, it's only across the river and a decent ways north from Saxon Heath. The town that Johannes comes from. Whoa! Well, I'm f- I'm from there. I say, this, pointing to the map. This was more of a detour than we anticipated, uh, but a, a worthwhile one at that. Hey, Solinar. Yeah. I'm really proud of you. I, you know, at some point, I'm gonna go from feeling really bad about it to feeling really good about it. I'm just not there yet. Well, take that for whatever it's worth, then. I appreciate you. I have that exact opposite feeling with spicy foods. <laughs> what do you mean? Where you're feeling really good about it, and then later you're feeling really bad about it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I get that, too. So but remember so how Johannes good. used to have a pet pig? Well, the pig had its little arm things inside of its mouth, and it wore a big Trojan helmet. And if it ate spicy foods, then it would explode. Are you talking about the Power Rangers monster? Yes. Yes, I Pud- am. I, I, I had Pudgy pig. no yes. idea. <laughs> the only person who was going to get that joke was you, Brandon. If you didn't get it, I was going to be so upset. Yeah, I can't believe no. you just made an episode too. It was like that's a Power Rangers episode too. That's what you referenced. It wasn't like that was yeah. the movie. Yeah, yeah. Also, listeners, you don't get to see the visuals of this, but watching Gabe's eyebrows go higher and higher and higher, and his expression getting more and more confused was probably the best part of that whole bit for me. It, I will the, admit, when you started the sentence with, you know how Johannes used to have a pig, I was like, oh my god. 
she is yeah. not going where I think she's going. I emotionally. Was it punchy pig? Did you think I was going to go punchy pig? No, you I put thought... me through the emotional ringer. Like you, my pig was, I had the yes and. So I was sitting there being like, oh, you exploded my pig with spicy foods. Okay, well, I guess that's my past now. I thought this was going to be a chorizo situation for sure. Yeah. Now, I just I want to make very clear that Pudgy oh Pig gosh. was in the first season of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, which was in fall of 1993. So that's quite a reference we're making there. What year were you born again, Alex? 92. I was uh -huh. three years old. Mm -hmm. I just sometimes I'm a little bit blown away <laughs> by the by what we do here. <laughs> <laughs> so the town of Blue, as you enter into it proper, it's about early mid-morning at this point, and the town is bustling. The markets seem to be relatively healthy and robust. The people seem lively. You see that there is one bard uh, that is busking on his flute for, for money that is supposed to go into this big fancy jester's hat. busking bard look like so the busking bard which absolutely has to be his name now uh, <laughs> like his title he is wearing a lot of very traditionally jestery clothing he's okay. got that like frill around that has bells on the ends of it he's got a checkerboard pattern in clashing colors he has uh, poofed out pantaloons that he wears leggings under and pointed shoes Whatever, uh, the hat that would complete his ensemble is the one that is uh, getting filled with coins. I was, when you said he was playing the flute, I immediately imagined he looked like Aqualung from the Jethro Tull album cover. He does not look like Aqualung. <laughs> I'm disappointed. Um, what kind of flute music is he playing? He's playing songs from the woods. <laughs> He's playing, I want to be very clear, this isn't a pan flute. This is going to be a traditional, you know, right. lute flute. It's a pot flute. It's a kettle flute. The music that he's going to be playing is generally upbeat, little, what you would consider kind of traveling music. Mm -hmm. Medieval road trip, as it were. Mm -hmm. Does he look haggard? Like, does he look like he's living rough? He looks like he is excited to be getting some money. Okay. But not like he's up a creek. Like, his clothes are not, like, torn or super disheveled. He just, there's an air of mild desperation about him. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, the Busking Bard would be a great name for an inn. He should, if he ever got some investment money, he should open that up. I will uh, flick a, a coin into his jester's hat. As you do, uh, his song has a little note of doodaloo as like what you assume is a thank you. Oh, Lord, he's Mr. B Natural. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't like feel really drawn to having an interaction with this guy. But the fact that you've called him out specifically indicates to me that I probably should. No, you don't have to. 
Okay. There's a lot of stuff going on in this town. It's just mostly, you know, normal peasant town stuff. Okay. Uh, I would like to just sort of look around a little bit more. As you look around the town, you see vendors of several different types. There is a vendor that is selling paper and journals and pens. There is a vendor that is selling vegetables with a suspiciously canopied stall. There is a vendor selling dried meats and fresh caught fish. And another vendor that is selling bolts of fabric. Hey, Solinar. Yeah, what's up? You see that guy over there selling paper? Uh, sure. Yeah. You know, he never moves his booth. What? He never moves his booth because he's stationary. No. (laughs) (laughs) I liked that one. You're welcome. Thank you, Brandon. I think I took physical harm from that one. Well, if anything, I've done my job of making all of y'all's mood match the name of the town that we're in. Blue. Da-da-da-da-da-da. You hear in the background the flute go... (laughs) (laughs) Good luck making that listenable, Gabe. I love you very much. Super sorry. (laughs) <laughs> hoot, 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 hoot. <laughs> I would love if you're like, good luck making that listenable. And meanwhile, Gabe's like, I'm not, I'm not editing it at all. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you changed it to hoots because now he's just standing there squeezing an owl. <laughs> God, this bard means business. <laughs> not That's the howlophone. It's a flute, but it's spelled F L H O O T. That one got Brandon. (laughs) I liked it. (laughs) I thought Alex was enjoying it, but it turned out she was just yawning. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've been living together long enough now. My jokes bore her. Mm -hmm. Yes, just the jokes. (laughs) Gabe, leave that in. (laughs) Uh, Boat's going to see if we can't find uh, like an inn or a tavern or something. Hopefully there's one in the town as you look at the map. (laughs) Alex is like, oh, yeah, blue. Uh, Notoriously, no one sleeps here. I know for a fact that there are there's a blue house with a blue window (laughs) and blue are the streets and all the trees are, too. And a Corvette. Yeah. And the people are blue. Dava D. Dava die. Y'all, we got to get our hands on that Corvette. Can you imagine yeah. adventuring in a Corvette? Amazing. Yeah. How do I oh, how ne- do I turn this thing on? <laughs> Next time I have to roll a check, I'm going to roll a Dava die. <laughs> rare form, Brandon. Rare form. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, quality. That's my rare form. <laughs> Gabe, please remove whatever sound I just made. No. Yes. No. yes. Remove it. Offer it. it on Patreon as a ringtone. As a ringtone. Ah! Ah! That's that's my new alarm on my phone for when I need yeah. to wake up early. So, boat. As you search around, you are going to find a town. One called the Tin Tabernacle. A, a whole town. <laughs> oh, sorry, an inn. It's, t- it's town <laughs> You find a tinier town within the town Ex- of Blue. Exhibit <laughs> pops in. Yo, dog. Uh, I heard you like towns. We put a town in your town so you can Blue. shop while you shop. Blue. Oh, my God. He did it. He did it with the Corvette. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs>
Blue doesn't have any inns. However, the model town of Blue has several inns. It's a safety city. Did any of you all ever go to those when you were in school? A safety what? town? Uh, it's like when yes. I know, but I know the concept. Yeah, yeah when I was what? in fifth what? grade, when I was in fifth grade, we got to take a field trip to Safety City, which was a child-sized scale town that was built, and you got to drive around in it to learn um, traffic safety. And by that drive sounds around, so much cooler than what I. Yeah, yeah, they like they put us in little go kart things and let us drive around. Did they have <laughs> motors in them, or were yes. they like they had oh, motors I, in them? I thought they would be like Fred Flintstone's cars. No. Okay. <laughs> All right, that sounds yeah. kind of sick. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. All right, you Six. find an inn within the town called the Tin Tabernacle. <laughs> okay. Um how does how does it look? Does it look upscale, midscale, downscale? If Applebee's was an inn, that would be about what you're seeing. Ooh, dollaritas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going for half price apps. Solinar's got to get his hands on one of them apple teenies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, I will I will go in and see if I see if I can't rustle up some grub. Sponsor right. us, Applebee's. <laughs> I'm waiting for a lawn to leap through <laughs> the Zoom chat and kill you. <laughs> <laughs> the look, the look on Gabe's face as I said sponsor us, Applebee's. <laughs> What the heck? What's their thing? Is it something some good in the neighborhood? Something Eat like that? Good, neighborhood. good, 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 yeah. good. good. neighborhood. Yeah. yeah, Johannes busts into this tavern. Eating good in the neighborhood. What's cooking? <laughs> <laughs> the barkeep slash tavern cook slash proprietor of the overall inn looks up from some kind of pot he seems to be stirring. Oh, yes, may I help you, sir? Uh, got some sinus issues there, buddy. <coughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, all right. I love I love so much that boat, you know, on first seeing this person who talks like that is just immediately like, hey, I'm going to point this out to them just in case they don't know. Boat's one of those guys. He says something. And then afterward, he's just like, I was just being honest. Yeah, was just, I was yeah, just being was... honest. <laughs> um, like, all right. Uh, yeah, so me and my friends are looking for a place to eat. Uh, do you, are you, uh, you you serving right now? Uh, give me another twenty minutes, and everything should be ready to go. All how right, many people? Uh, there'd be what, like, there's five or six of us. I'm having trouble with all the people we uh, keep collecting. Yeah, a real a real quick point of clarity here: Did Spritz stay at the tower? Come with us? Go in a different direction? Well, did you guys take him with you? We look around. Is there a spritz? <laughs> this is, I think that's a spritz decision, not an us decision after finding the tower. I feel like spritz would probably try and stay at the tower. Okay. It can be a real third wheel to Bernard and Astrid. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Sometimes a family is a lich, a ghost, and their adopted kobold child. <laughs> Beautiful. He's going to stay in the basement. He's going to be in the basement the whole time. <laughs> Eating muffins. Yeah. It's a good life to lead. They drop yeah. down the laundry chute to feed him. Yeah, better than torturing a town. Yeah. yeah. Um, it wasn't torture. It was extortion. Yeah, so, Extorting, how, yeah. so how many people do we have? We've got uh, five plus coal. Yeah, so, yeah, okay. And a kid's and, yeah. menu. Yeah, they have, t they have uh, chicken tenders and tater tots. Yeah, so it'll be somewhere between five to eight. That's uh, quite the range. 
I mean... Who are the other two? I mean, I don't know if the animals want anything. <laughs> From the tavern? But, like, but like Cole and Bull... Um... um Bull just what? eats, um, like, Detrius. Okay, so I guess... That's a nice people? way of saying he eats corpse. Yeah. So, yeah, six people. Wait, who's number six? Cole. Cole's oh. gotta eat. Okay. Cole looks offended at the idea that he would not be given food. <laughs> I suppose um, we might need more food than... Well, but if we buy like we're buying for six adults, we should be covered. Cause, like, what are you, what are you going Felix. to do? Pour your leftovers into a bag? Well, no, oh. what I'm saying is we got to feed Felix. Felix probably eats closer to our fare. We got to feed Cole. Tasting good around the neighborhood. That's what I'm yeah. saying. We need to feed the animals. Well, well, the animals are eating stu separate stuff, is my point. Like, we're going to do, like, hay and oats, nuts for Daquin, you know, that should, that should cover most of the range. Felix is really the exception Six. There. The answer is six. The answer is, is six. If we're, if we're too many, it's okay. I need food. The tavern, the, the tavern guy is going to gesture towards a corner table where the seating has been carved into the sides of the walls, letting it wrap around the table like a U-shaped couch. I hate those booths. <laughs> <laughs> Solinar takes uh, one of the deeper... Booth. Takes one of the deeper spots in the booth, but mostly because he knows that if he needs to, he can just vault the table. Johannes takes one of the deeper spots because he doesn't want a way out. He wants to just be cornered with his food. Koza waits for everybody else to get into the booth before sitting down. Yeah, Boat just grabs a seat. He doesn't care. So, uh, where are you guys from? Oh, we're from all over. We're an adventuring party. Oh my gosh, I'm almost from here. I'm... I'm uh... You want to elaborate on that, kiddo? Yeah, the uh, south. <laughs> Saxon Heath. <laughs> oh, Saxon Heath. Yeah, Which it's isn't it's quite here, but it's almost here. Yeah, it's just across the river. Yeah, I know Saxon Heath. Just across the river. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I'm from. Wild <laughs> place now, isn't it? Is it? Oh, well, there have been all... All types going through Saxon Heath lately, but you didn't hear anything from me. What do you mean no. all types? Wait, wait, but I heard something from you and I have, I have <laughs> questions. Solinar, Solinar puts two silver on the table and says, what more might we not have heard from you? <laughs> well, it depends on uh, what you need to know, but yeah, Saxon Heath's been doing okay, I guess. It's just, uh, there have been some, uh, Undesirable people seemingly coming up and down the river to that town. Like criminal element or? Well, I'm not gonna say criminal. I am gonna say they seem the rough and tumble type and they come in with empty boats and leave Saxon Heath with big crates. Military? Oh no, not that type. No, too disorganized and too few teeth. So mercenary. Well, I don't know. Could be mercenaries, could be criminals, could be law-abiding citizens. So I'm our... not I'm not gonna be no slandering Jan. Solonar indicates without saying anything, he just points at the two silver on the table, and then he goes, 
Is there, is, do we need, uh, is there something that might help your recollection? Or is it just that you don't know? I think that they're probably... Can, can you make it a gold piece? Oh. <laughs> Give us half of it, and then we'll decide if the other <laughs> half is worth the gold piece. I just said half my sentence. Can you make it a gold piece? I want some actionable information in that half Solonar, of the sentence. Solonar just puts a gold... He scoops up his two silver. He's keeping his two silver. He puts a gold piece on the table instead. Yeah, they absolutely seem like criminal types, but I don't know for sure if they're just mercenaries that look kind of rough or they're criminal criminals. Oh, I'm so glad that you said that because I had no idea what you were saying before. You were like, they could be this, but maybe they're not. And I was like, oh, which are they? They're probably was- some mixture of both, but whatever they're doing, they leave with some big crates that make weird sounds. Hmm. How big a crate? Mm. Uh, big. Like, gosh. Like 12? If if we were talking in American Imperial, if that was a measurement that existed in this world, they would probably be akin to something by 12 foot by 12 foot to 20 foot by 20 foot. It varies. <laughs> but Alex didn't develop a separate measurement system for variance, so she's just gonna give whatever the approximation is. So it's about like three and a half meters by three and a half meters and then six by six? Entirely possible. Oh man, that makes so much more sense now that's in the measurements of this world. Ethereum's <laughs> metric only, guys. Johannes, do you have just... any idea what, what could be going in it like out of Sa- out of Saxon Heath like that? Hmm. Hey, hey Alex. Hmm. Hey, <laughs> Alex. Yeah. <laughs> Is... <laughs> Is there things that come in and out of Saxon Heath when Johannes was young? Like, is it a, a big trade port or, or anything like that? So it's not a big trade port. You know that occasionally trade would come through and occasionally your family would develop their, like, develop and ship out their inventions. Mm-hmm. But you're not aware of any enormous crates, nor crates that would make noise. Mm, the noisy aspects of it are, is what would be throwing Johannes off? Yes. Okay. We ship a lot of crates out of my town. It's something that we're really proud of. But all those crates get a little bit closer, everybody. Here's what they sound like. Because it leans in. Yeah, listen to this. So does this random guy. Yeah, hey, lean in. Yeah, you hear that cork that I just uncorked under the table? (laughs) That's it. The only thing. So noisy crates. Don't have much experience with those. Hmm. If that's the case, then it's totally likely that your family knows what's going on and we could just talk to them about it. True. They definitely know. My father manages all that. So they'll know what's making noises in those crates. Yeah. They're probably just inventions of some kind. Or animal trafficking. I hope not. I hope not, too. Especially not with that disaster that happened when all those animals got released all over uh, Tinkerhaven. Yeah, and then they had to feed uh, uh, a pig spicy food that's canonical. What makes you think animal trafficking, Bo? I mean, you know, you just hear about it sometimes. These, you know, crates that are making noise. People taking them secretly. People like to traffic rare animals. 
you know, some you know they think they can use their parts for for things. Maybe maybe somebody in the Boris Empire wants uh, wants like a tiger pelts or something, so they import a tiger illegally. Johannes, your family wouldn't do that. No, my family wouldn't do that. Well, but no, somebody I'm, might. I'm asking, Johannes. Oh, mm, no, my family wouldn't do that. Somebody might is all I'm saying. Mm. There's also human trafficking. There's elf trafficking. There's gnome trafficking. Are you just going to continue going down the list of every fantasy race that exists in Varian? Yes. All right. Wonderful. Um, we're just going to assume that happened instead of you right. doing it. It's like the it's like the Bubba Gum scene. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With the shrimp. Just we're doing the montage where we keep going through the city and it's just boat over the shoulder naming off different things that are trafficked. Dragonborn trafficking. Dwarf trafficking. Dwarf trafficking. Soft cheese trafficking. trafficking. There's so many. Orc trafficking. Valuable for their variety of milks. No! (laughs) (laughs) That laugh. So your food is brought to your table and it is mid it seems as if the variety of plates offered means that most of the food is processed in such a way that doesn't allow for individual quality control. Well, but there goes our cooking sponsorship. <laughs> yeah, but I'll tell you. Excuse you. Hold on. Uh, Gabe, this audio is exclusively for if we get sponsored. The food that is served to you is of immensely high quality and reasonably priced for any local area. Thank the- you. These boneless wings are more than worth their weight in gold and silver. <laughs> are, you, are you happy, Elon? Just, you know, we leave gotta, the door open. We gotta cover yeah. our bases. Yeah. Gabe, are you going to just leave all of this in? Yeah. yeah. I'll, and, for, yes. and for dessert, I'll have a, a, what was the name of this place? Applebee's? No, the, t- the tin, <laughs> the tin <laughs> copper one. The tin <laughs> tabernacle. <laughs> Yeah, I'll have I'll have a tabernacle chim- a tabernacle chimney cheesecake, please. Mm, mm-hmm. Just imagine how many people from Applebee's listen to our cold open talking about the 1993 episode of Power Rangers <laughs> and made it to this point, And then they were they were right about to pull the trigger. And then, you know, we just need to make sure that, you know, leave the door open. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, of mm-hmm. course. Yeah. Fair and this, reasonable. This place should be called App Blue Bees. Apple <laughs> Blue Blue. Yeah. Welcome to Apple Dabu Bees. Dabu Bees, Dabu Dies. Apple Blues. Yeah. That's what the B stands for. People didn't know. Mm -hmm. So after the guy leaves, Alita's going to kind of like, you know, pick around her food and be like, so what now? Is is there something we need to check out at your home, Johannes? Well, we were already going there anyways, right? Because we want to drop off Cole. Do you think your parents will be okay taking care of him? Yeah, I don't see why not. They've been taking care of kids their whole life, pretty much. Cole's going to be fine. You're going to have so much fun. There's so many shiny buttons that you're not supposed to push and levers that you're not supposed to pull. And you can do it to all of them. Cole looks excited as he snacks on his chicken fingers. Yeah. Dipping them in honey mustard. Oh, Cole's a barbecue kid. Whatever. Well, it's a good thing we came to this place that has so many different types of sauces <laughs> yeah. that you can get. 
Elon really oh. pushing for that Applebee sponsorship, you guys. Do do it, Applebee. I've never eaten there since I was like a kid, but I. I would you got eat. mad at me for eating at an Applebee's over I the would. summer. I would because <laughs> why? Why you would you make that choice? <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to encourage the sponsorship, Elon. Yeah, yeah, no, I know, but I was mad at him at that time because he made that choice. But I would if they sponsored us, which I'm telling you now, Applebee's. I don't understand. I want chicken fingers so badly right, right now. So were you involved in this, like, going to eat at Applebee's at all? No, he was not. I don't understand. It was on the way to Philadelphia. Yeah. And I stopped at an Applebee's and texted Alon and said, stopping at an Applebee's. And he was like, God. Yeah. <laughs> and then gave me grief about it later. <laughs> yeah. He's in Philadelphia. You're not in the middle of nowhere. You know, okay. Which is when Applebee's. You know, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna give them their credit, you know, if you're yeah. in the middle of nowhere, yeah. Applebee's. Yeah, awesome. it was okay. also it was also like like seven or eight o'clock at night. All right, so now now I'm back. I'm back with Brandon at seven or eight o'clock at night. It'd be difficult to find a place. Not in a city. To- word Guys, you are making me crave chicken fingers in an aggressive way. Hey, Alex, so- you know you know what I had uh, for dinner here. Uh, I uh, I had. Chicken tenders that I prepared in my air fryer and then uh, sauced liberally with Parmesan garlic. Josh, we still have dino nuggets in the freezer, right? We have so many dino nuggets in the freezer. Delightful. All right. I know, let's let's continue on this adventure so yeah. I can eat some dino nuggets. Alina, we should. I mean, at the very least, we got to drop Kalaf. We're, already, we're literally right across the river. Well, I got I haven't seen my family in y- years. It's been years. <laughs> Well, hold on. We're not we're not dropping Cole off. We are determining whether your family is in a position to care for our ward. That's different. It's different. But yeah, we we do need to go there. You are correct. And also, we got to find out why these crates be making noises. <laughs> <laughs> So you all are going to be able to eat there, spend the night, unless there's anything that you want to do in this town, time passes pretty uneventfully. Who's, what's the bard, his name again? Uh, he didn't give you one. Oh. Well, I'm gonna, uh, go and put a gold coin in his hat. He makes a doodle like, thank you, toot. Man, I love it when I get a thank you, toot. <laughs> See, I think this is good. Okay. Yeah. Did the sword of Shireen come with a scabbard? Bernard have the scabbard. Yes. That that sword was using. (laughs) Yes. And it's in good condition. Yeah, passable. Okay. I mean, it's a couple hundred years old, but just wrap it in a towel. You'll be fine. (laughs) Solinar is going to stop in at a local blacksmith and just basically be like, "Hey, you got you got any experience working with uh, magic weapons?" Oh, uh, nobody. Sorry. I'm a strictly no magic blacksmith. He oh. points at the sign on the wall that says no magic allowed. It's, it's got a wand and a rabbit with a circle and a Sol- line through it. <laughs> yeah. Solonar's like halfway through drawing the sort of Shireen. And then he just like re... I keep wanting to say holster. That's <laughs> not the right word. You want uh, something? it. You want somebody to work with a fancy magic weapon? You need to go someplace like Marine. Yeah, I was headed to Marine. I was just hoping to get somebody to look this blade over. But I know you gotta, you gotta be working with both the metal and the magic on that side of things. 
Yeah, uh, we haven't used magic in this town since, well, at least magic weapons, since my grandfather tried to do a magic sword and ended up exploding himself. Oh, God. Wow. I'm so oh my sorry. God. That's awful. Yeah, we don't work with magic weapons ever since then. No, that's that's completely reasonable. Um, on on a non-magical weapons side of things, do you do you got any throwing knives? Uh, well, I have things that are kind of like throwing knives. Go on. He's going to show you uh, throwing axes. God, I was so uh, I was so ready yeah. for this guy to pull out a gun. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, I thank you. I I find that keeping axes somewhere they won't be found during a weapons search is very challenging. Solar lives his entire life waiting for the next, like, trope moment where they do the, give me your weapons. No, all your weapons. I meant all of them. And he has uh-huh. to, like, pull them out of, like, increasingly weird spots. Really yeah, important. But, yeah, Solinar lives for that trope. At the end of it, him still having like four throwing knives on him. Just why it's important they're throwing knives. Not throwing axes? No. Can't, can't hide throwing axes in your underpants? No. You can't. No, it's you... just dangerous. <laughs> yeah. No. Sounds like y'all are cowards. Yes. I'm a cow. I'm, if that's what it takes, I am a coward. All right. Yeah, I will fair. not put an axe in my pants. <laughs> Is that an axe in your pants? Or are you just... <laughs> no, it's not. I'm a coward. I'm a coward. <laughs> so you guys are able to get your stuff together and you travel south towards Saxon Heath. You eventually reach the river after about a day or so of traveling. You see, going along the river... Not one, not two, but three separate boats laden with crates heading out towards the ocean. Hmm. Did it make any noises? You want to roll investigation and see? Yeah. I'm bad at that. They make boat noises. Yeah, how about a six? You can't tell if the sounds are from the crates or from the guys on the ship. Hmm. Gotta be one or the other, though. There's definitely some noises coming from there. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, Kosa? I'm thinking. Let me see if I have anything useful in my utility belt. And then boat grapple hooks over there. <laughs> well, yeah, what, I, fi- I, f- I fire a boat tracker. What kind of... Are there seagulls? Yes, there are. Uh, Kosa's going to turn into a... All right. And <clears throat> are there... And so there, there's these boats, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, he lands on Gravybo's shoulder. <laughs> and then he takes off and he's going to go land on one of the boats. You're going to fly and land in the, on the center boat. I'm assuming either on the crow's nest or on one of the crates. Oh, well, the only center boat I know of is Gravy Boat because he's the center of his world. I've also got a perfectly centered mentality and spirit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm nothing, in balance. <laughs> nothing off kilter for you, boat. Okay, so yeah. what were the what did you say that the, the the options were again? Did you want to land on one of the crates or did you want to land on the uh, crow's nest? Um, I'm gonna. We're s- on the edge of the boat. Like, how where we, where uh, you want to go? On the edge of the boat. So you're on the edge of the boat and you see a couple of really rough looking guys, uh, winding rope and rigging up sails, doing all of the things that you need to do to keep a boat moving and not under the water. Okay. 
And I'm gonna kind of hop around, get a little closer to one of the crates. You get closer to the crates, and you see there seems to be some kind of of misalignment in how some of the crates were constructed, allowing uh, you to see a dark hole in the corner of one of them. Do I hear any noises? That would be a roller for investigation. Natural one. <laughs> for a second, you have that ringing in your ears as if an explosion went next to your head. You can hear nothing and you feel disoriented. Oh. And then you realize one of the sailors has a gun and is shooting at you. I think a throwing knife went off by your head. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then I'm going to go ahead and stick my head in the hole. Roll a dexterity saving throw for me. I don't like how big your eyes got there. (laughs) Um, That is going to be a 19. You can feel a shifting in the dark and you hear a growl before the shift in the air makes you feel like something is swinging powerfully for your head. You're able to pop your little bird's skull out just in time, but you hear a whoop and you hear, following that, the sound of claws scraping against wood, gouging it. been told that I should thank all of our patrons, which give us our dark and powerful energies. I would like to extend our thank yous to Andrew Lay, Caribou Puppy, Dorothy, Haley Dennis, Sarah Lavender, and Stephen W. I wish you only the spookiest of times and be sure to eat your vegetables. Okay, here's what we're going to do, just to get it out of our system. All Uh four of us are going to make the name that a monster would have in the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and no no other context, just give your name. And I'm going to go first, and my Power Rangers monster is... Squizzard. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. That's very good. Yeah. Uh, my my Power Rangers monster was going to be um, a giant beetle, but it's spelled like the Beatles, and it uses a guitar as part of its like attack. Oh my god, dude! You're gonna yeah. get you're gonna get freaking a C and D letter. <laughs> what are you doing? That's what I'm after. Let's do this. Yeah, I would do something called like the Jello Giant, and it would just be a big gelatin mold that sort of sucked things in like a gelatinous cube. Oh! And then one of the Power Rangers hits it, and it explodes, and all their weapons fly out, and they get them back after they've been taken away. Yeah, that hasn't mm-hmm. happened before. Yeah, never. The Trouble Truffle. Mm-hmm. Ooh! Big bipedal fungus guy. And they have to they have to resurrect Pudgy Pig, so Pudgy Pig can sniff <laughs> out the truffle <laughs> and find it. Um, mine would be Mike. Mm-hmm. Just some guy. 
I can respect that. I like the idea that it's just a bipedal microphone. The whole oh. time, the the rain the rangers have to be like, "Yo, mic check, you still good?" <laughs> I like the idea that it's just some guy who like his his house was destroyed in a Power Rangers fight, so he's got a vendetta against them. <laughs> yeah. Okay, before we jump right back into it, there's a song called "Mic Check" by Cornelius, the uh, Japanese avant-garde electronic musician. Um, of course, the one we all know. Yeah. See, I mean, well, you get to make a reference. I get to make a reference. Okay. <laughs> we got to balance oh, it out. Everybody gets to make a reference. That's fair. That's valid. All I so know. Go, go is, and listen to it. Is that as long as this has been going on, I'm losing. I'm losing my vitamin C. 